Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for as long as there have been Christians, I think. The Lord be with you. Thank you. The Lord is with us. When we gather together to worship him, whether we're here in person, whether we're connecting online, uh, God meets us right where we are. So let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. Thank you, God, uh, for being so, so rich in mercy, so generous with your grace and your love. Thank you for being so patient and kind to us. Uh, God, every single one of us here uh, depends on your goodness and on your grace. And we are grateful that today we get to come once again to, to sing to you, to pray to you, to, to listen for your spirit speaking through the scriptures, to gather around the table of our Lord Jesus. God, we're, we're grateful for these opportunities to connect with you, to connect with each other, and to be reminded of your great love. Uh, so would you help us today, God, to have hearts and minds open to you, uh, to let our lives be open to the God who made us, the God who loves us, the God who is here right now. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you're able, if you're interested, let's stand and let's sing. Good morning.
Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and in unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. Then others would realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. 
all honor and glory to God forever and ever. From Psalm 99. The Lord is king. Let the mount, the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. Let the, the Lord sits in majesty in Jerusalem, exalted above all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Your name is holy. Mighty king, lover of justice, you have established fairness. You have acted with justice and righteousness throughout Israel. 
Exalt the Lord our God. Bow low before his feet, for he is holy. Pray with me, would you? Lord, we do thank you for your holy name. Lord, for your justice, your mercy, your love for us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness that has followed us all of our lives, especially, Lord, when we didn't even know who you were, especially when we didn't know you existed, Lord. You still, you still loved us and followed us in your graciousness and goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that fact this morning that we can be here, invited by you into your presence, Lord, solely by your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for each and every person here this morning. Lord, some of us here have come after a great week. We've had a, a, just a wonderful week this week. Good things have happened. We've spent time with people that we love and we care about. Lord, some of us have had a difficult week. Lord, some of us only you know about. Only you know what's in our hearts. Only you know the burdens that we carry. But Lord, I'm thankful that you're a God that we can trust to carry those burdens for us. I'm thankful for a God who is not only carrying them, but you are working in them, Lord, and through them to bring about our good and your glory. Father, I pray that you will be in the rest of this service. Be with each person that's hearing this here in this place or will hear it online. Father, that it will, it will dig deep down into who we are, become part of our 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 DNA, so to speak, Lord, and that we will walk away from here changed and transformed, different because we have been in the presence of the Almighty God. I thank you. I praise you. Lord, I bless your name this morning, and I ask all these things because you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. Take a few minutes, if you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves as we pre prepare for Pastor Rich to come. It's good to be with you guys today. Thank you again for last week as you guys uh, expressed your appreciation for all of us as, the, as part of Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, I, I posted on Facebook a little picture of all the cards you guys gave spread out on a table and me next to the little Halloween uh, pumpkin jack-o'-lantern bucket with a little goatee glued on it and a little bit of hair sticking up on top. And that thing has been uh, liked more times than anything I've shared on Facebook in a long, long time. That picture of me next to that Halloween bucket. So anyway, people got a real kick out of that. And, uh, and I get a real kick out of being your pastor. So thank you for, for letting me continue to do this. Uh, hopefully you got one of these when you came in. Let you know what's going on around here these days. Um, you can, uh, there's, I still see some more back there. So uh, it mentions on there that uh, if you want to connect with us, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect. That's a way that you can let us know how to pray for you or thank God with you or answer your questions if you need to, if you have something you want to ask. Or uh, for those of you in the room, there's a little green card back there by the offering box. You can fill one of those out. Just make sure to give me your phone number or email address so I can follow up with you. And, uh, and then you can drop it in the offering box. And if you're giving today, you can give back there too. Uh, or you can, uh, you can give online. Um, Speaking of giving, I think we've got the little habitat thing. Uh, yeah, we're, we're continuing to work toward building this habitat house. And uh, thank you to those of you who've given so far. We're going to continue to give to that through the end of the year. Uh, you can do that online or you can just grab an envelope back there and write habitat on the envelope when you make your gift. And we'll make sure to put it toward that habitat house. 
Uh, there is another build day, December 3rd, so if you'd like to get out there and help build the house, I'm guessing by then the roof will be on, it'll be closed up, it'll be more interior stuff, maybe, I don't know, maybe siding, maybe windows, who knows what, what it'll be by that day, uh, but if you want to help with that, it was a lot of fun a couple of weekends ago when we got to be out there building that house, it's right here in Valpo, so if you want to help build a house for someone who needs it, um, yeah, you can get out there and get your hands dirty, and you can give. And, uh, and then also, uh, we're right around the corner from Advent, the season of Advent that leads us up to, to Christmas Day. Christmas is on a Sunday this year. That's always fun. And, um, and the season that leads us up to that starts right after Thanksgiving. And there's a book out there in the lobby that you can grab. Uh, it's called uh, Let Us Adore Him, a little line from the Christmas Carol. And uh, so if you want to grab one of those, feel free. We've got enough, I think, for like one per person. We don't have enough yet for you to like grab one for all your friends and give them out. But uh, we have enough that, we, that everybody should be able to grab one that wants one. It's a little daily devotional that will start uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving and take us right up to Christmas morning. And so if you would like to um, follow along with those books, uh, I encourage you to grab one. Um, I feel like there might have been something else I was going to mention. Now I don't remember what it was. So hopefully it wasn't too important. Or if it was, somebody will flag me down and say, hey, you forgot to say, and no one's waving at me. So, okay, we're going to call it good. Um, I mentioned last week that uh, today we're starting a message series, a little three-week series on a topic that's everyone's favorite when you come to church, right? Talking about politics. No, not talking about politics. That would be just as, just as engaging, right, I think. Uh, talking about money. And I know some of you right now have got parts of you that like tightened up uh, inside that, uh, because you're like, oh no, I showed up at church on the day you're talking about money. Uh, there's no big ask coming, all right? There's no big, uh, we're not going to like sing the song five times until everybody drops something in the basket or any, anything like that, okay? This is not a, a thing to pressure anyone to give. Uh, in fact, my favorite verse in the Bible on this, it's, it's the last one in your notes and it's right back there on the little sign, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that says, uh, everyone should give what they've decided in their hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver, all right? So we don't pressure anyone to give here, all right? We might provide you opportunities, and we're extremely grateful for those of you who give faithfully to keep the lights on and keep ministry happening here and around the world. Uh, but this is, this today and the next two Sundays, uh, we talk about money and giving from time to time here at church because God has blessed us in order to be a blessing to others, and if we want to live a, a blessed life, we're going to kind of get in the flow of those blessings, right? And uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. But way back in January, we started this year. We started 2022 talking about how we can bless our neighbors. And I quoted this, uh, we looked at this verse from Genesis chapter 12, where, where the Lord said to Abram, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And he says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So not only am I going to bless you, but you're going to be a blessing to others. And if you feel like you've been blessed by God, that's great. That's wonderful. It's a good thing. And, and hopefully you express your gratitude to God and, and all the rest. Uh, and a part of that is like, man, God, you have blessed me not just for my enjoyment, but so that I can now be a blessing to others. So that blessing can flow through me to other people. Uh, it is a, it's a blessed thing to receive from God. You know, that's true. But like Jesus said, um, in Acts chapter 20, we have him, him quoted, uh, I think by the Apostle Paul, where Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Right? Now, we've got Christmas right around the corner, it seems like, and, and uh, it won't be, some of you are already starting your Christmas shopping and those kinds of things. And, and um, so I think as kids, we probably think it's more blessed to receive, right? Because it's like, well, super excited about what we're going to have under the tree and what we're going to get to open and all that kind of thing. And socks, oh man, okay. Uh, whatever it is, you know, we're... Um, not, not excited about socks, but, uh, you know, we're excited to, about what we're going to get, right? But those of you who are on the other side of that, 
And some of you are like gifted in this way. Some of you are just just awesome at this. You're excellent gift givers. And you know the joy that comes from being the one who gives that gift. And Jesus said that's even more blessed to be the one giving than to be the one receiving. There's a real joy there when you know you can make a difference in someone's life. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons that Stacy and I are so passionate about World Vision, why I ran the marathon with them and all that good stuff, because we know it's why we do the, the global 6K for water every spring, uh, because it's amazing to think that we can give and radically change someone's life by providing clean water for them uh, with an amount of money that we might have spent, you know, going out to dinner or something. We might, might have spent it on a dinner that was a wonderful experience, uh, but isn't with us, you know, all that long, um, versus changing someone's life forever by providing clean water in their community. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so if I want to live a blessed life, I'm going to get onto the giving side of that equation. It's a good thing to receive, but it's, it's even more blessed to give. Now, sometimes this can be um, problematic when pastors talk about this stuff. Maybe you've heard pastors talk about this where it's like, yep, you want to get in the flow of those blessings. And so if you'll just send me this gift of whatever to my TV ministry, you know, then God will bless you. And, and there were actually some people, uh, I don't remember, I remember hearing about this back in my college and seminary days that there were, there were pastors out there making the rounds saying like, like you, you ought to reverse tithe. Like you, you ought to, you give what you, you give the amount that you want to be your tithe. So if you want to, if you want to make $100,000 next year, you give $10,000. And of course, it's always to them, right? It's never like give $10,000 to your local church or to, to the poor in your community or something. It's give me $10,000 because you want to get $100,000. So it's like a, it's a real give to get kind of scenario, right? And it just kind of feeds our greed. And uh, that's not the Bible's take on it. Really, although the Bible says some things that could be taken that way. Luke chapter 6 is one of those. So I just wanted to, to kind of hit this head on. Uh, in Luke 6, starting with verse 37, Jesus says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So some pastors take that and they're like, yep, so if you want God to pour abundant blessings into your life, then you give first so that, it, so that it will be given to you. It's like the point of it is that you want to receive, and so you give just in order to, in order to get. And they, you know, maybe they spend a lot of time talking about that good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running. Like, you know, they're like packing that thing full. It's like what some of your kids might have done with their, you know, uh, Halloween candy bags this last week, right? You know, I got to make room for more candy in this thing. Uh, press it down, you know, make sure there's, you know, shake it around a little bit so all the candy can settle and there's room on top to add just a few more of those candy bars or whatever. Um, he says it's this abundant thing that's poured into your lap. But that isn't just about giving, Right? That little summary statement at the end, that's in response to all these things about judging, condemning, forgiving, giving. So you could just as easily say, yeah, if you judge other people, you're going to find yourself judged. A good measure, shaken down, pressed together. You know, you're going to get even more judgment heaped back on you. If you condemn others, well, he's going to get a nice big bucket full of condemnation coming back. At you, But if you're forgiving, if you're gracious toward others, then people will be forgiving and gracious toward you. If you're generous toward others, people will be generous toward you. This is this, is this like sowing and reaping principle that's found throughout the scriptures that, that Jesus is describing here. Right? It's not just about giving. And you might notice he doesn't say anything in there about money. He's, he's talking about giving. And so just 
Some of you are very generous-hearted people with other aspects of your life. You give your time, your attention. Um, I just talked to one of you uh, this morning who's got plans here in a couple of weeks to, uh, to take time off work, unpaid time off work, to go help a family member. They're having surgery. You're going to go and be, spend time with them and give up the pay that you would have received. You don't have vacation time. You're just going to give up that income so you can go and spend time with a family member to help them. Now, that kind of generosity then gets reciprocated is what Jesus is saying. Whether you're giving of yourself, giving your time, giving your resources, whatever it, whatever it might be. So I'm not going to stand up here and, and say, you know, the, the point of this isn't give so that you can get back from God, right? That's not why God created giving. God didn't invent the idea of giving and being generous to others, like, for his benefit or something, or that you can get. He, he did this because he wants our hearts to look like his heart. Uh, this is a heart issue, and that's why today's whole message is, is titled, A Matter of the Heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You, know, you put your money into something, and you're going to care about that thing. Some of you know this from experience, right? You just put a whole lot of money into that brand new car, and now you're being really careful with that brand new car, right? You park it out at the edge of the parking lot. You try to find a spot where no one's going to potentially ding it or put a shopping cart on, along it or whatever, and you see a scratch or your kid put a fingerprint on it, like, wait, 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 what are you doing, you know, because you've got some money in that car. Or you finally got around to, like, uh, investing in the stock market. Maybe you'd never invested anything in the stock market before, but now you've, you know, you've started saving up in a, in a retirement fund or something. You put some money in the stock market, and all of a sudden, you care what the stock market does. You've never cared a day in your life if the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 or whatever, if it was up or down. And When the radio talked about that, you just kind of zoned out for a second until they got back to traffic or whatever you cared about. Now, all of a sudden, you're listening because you've got some money there, right? Where your money is, there your heart will be also. And so Jesus, in the rest of that, in the context of that passage, is saying, so that's why we need to be generous people. We need to give to the poor. We need to give to God's work because God knows if he gets your money, he gets your heart. It follows right along. There's like a string attached, right? So if we can be generous people, uh, then, then our hearts will be open toward the people that we're giving to or God's purposes that we're, that we're supporting. It's not that God needs our money, right? It's that God wants our hearts and he wants our hearts to look like his, and God is a giving God. So there are, there are four heart issues that we're going to look at today, and I, I swiped this uh, from a pastor who wrote a book on this and then preached on this, and then, I, and then another pastor preached on it, and that's where I heard it, and he mentioned the other guy, so I went and looked up the first guy. And I, anyway, uh, there's a book on this. If you want to grab it, I can uh, refer you to the, the, the author later. Um, but he talked about these four heart issues that we need to deal with, and, uh, and the first one is that we need to deal with a greedy heart or a selfish heart heart. And we are all born selfish, right? Um, I had heard this. I knew this intellectually, that we're all born greedy and selfish. And then we had children. And I learned that this is actually true, right? <laughs> that, that kids do not, they're not born just wanting to share their toys with their brother or with the neighbor kid or whatever, right? Um, you know, they're playing with something and then their brother starts playing with this car over there. It's like, oh, that was my car. I was playing with that, you know, and, and then they, so they go and play. No, no, I was playing with that one too. You know, we, it's, that's mine, mine, mine. You know, mine is the, is the first four letter word that we learn, right? Is mine. Um, sure. You might've, uh, you know, worked them hard to get them to say mama or dada or something like that first, but the first word they come up with on their own, I think is, is mine. Um, we are born greedy. We're born wanting stuff just for ourselves. And so that's something that God has to change in us. 
That's something that we have to work out of ourselves. We have to avoid. Like we talked about last week, we've got to take off that old selfish outfit. We've got to put on the new outfit that looks like Christ, that looks like generosity, that looks like giving. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Everything around us might tell us that it does. Everything around us might say, yeah, the good life, the blessed life is the one with all the cars, all the, the chains, all the, the pool and the, and the whatever, right? Uh, the private jet or something. I don't know. That's, man, oh, sorry. Don't, I was going to say, don't get me started on pastors with private jets. But, uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, this is not that kind of, you know, I, I don't work on commission. I'm never going to own a private jet, okay? This is, this is not a message about giving because the church needs your money or anything like that, right? This is because... We want to experience the blessings of God, and so we want, to, we want to have hearts that look like his. So we need to deal with uh, the greedy heart that we're born with. We need to be on our guard against it, Jesus says, uh, because that's the natural inclination that we have. Instead, again, he wants our hearts to be like his because God is a giving God. The most famous verse in the whole Bible, John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God is a giving God. And so he wants our hearts to be like his. He doesn't want us to walk through life with a, a greedy heart that just wants everything for me, that, that is happy to receive God's blessing but never passes them along to others. That's not the, the life that God wants for you or for me because that kind of life is ugly, is stagnant, is gross. Um, I've never had the chance yet to go to Israel, but I understand that you know, one of the popular spots to visit when you're over there is the Dead Sea. Um, I've seen it on all the little Bible maps in the back of my Bible growing up. You know, the Sea of Galilee up there where Jesus spent a lot of time with the fishermen on the boats. And then there's the, the Jordan River that flows down and that they had to cross at different times. And Jesus was baptized in and all the rest. And it flows down into this big lake called the Dead Sea. And it's called the Dead Sea. And it's pretty cool. Apparently, it's a great tourist destination because it's very, uh, like, thick, like, salty. Like the kind of thing that if you, you, like, you don't want to shave right before you go cause, or have a scratch because it's going to sting, is what I'm told. All right? I don't know this from experience. But it's like you can just kind of float in it without trying because it's so uh, thick with the salt and everything else that's in it. Um, but it gets that way because it doesn't let anything out. And so it also is kind of apparently kind of gross. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'll experience that for myself someday. I hope to someday visit, visit Israel and, and get to see what that's like and, uh, and take a nice shower afterwards. Um, but if we just receive and never give, I mean, maybe you've seen that happen, right? In a puddle in your yard or a low spot or someplace where like, yep, water sat there and it sat there and it got disgusting. And uh, it's one of the reasons that Greg has to go out and put up fountains in ponds and stuff to keep them from getting treat them and things because otherwise they get disgusting. You know, if they just, if the water just sits there and doesn't move and doesn't ever give back. And that's what happens to us. If, if there's all inflow and no outflow, that's not the life God wants for us. That's why in Deuteronomy, we're going to look at this passage from Deuteronomy 15. We've got a couple of different times here. And, uh, and I'm excited about, you know, we've got this little series. We've got an Advent series. And then next year, we've been planning for next year. We're going to take one of these trips through the Bible next year. We're, we're going to start in Genesis in January. We're going to get to Revelation in December. And uh, the way we're going to do that this time, it looks like, is spend a month in a different book of the Bible. So we're going to spend all of January in Genesis. We're going to spend all of February in Exodus. And we're, we're not going to hit every book of the Bible. There's 66 of them. There's only 12 months in the year. Uh, but we're going to get from the beginning to the end. And one that we want to spend time in is Deuteronomy. Um, it's right there in the first five books. And uh, Jesus quotes from it numerous times. 
It's this, this is time when the people of Israel are about to enter the promised land. It's, it's kind of the setting that my dad was preaching on a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about how the, the courage that they needed to have to go in and, and take the promised land. Uh, Deuteronomy is when they finally are there. Now they've, they've done their wilderness wanderings. They're there. They're about to enter the land. And so they've got to hear God's commands a second time. That's the Deuter part of the Deuteronomy. It's, it's the second giving of the law and um, second giving of God's commands. And so he's instructing them. You're about to live this life in this good land. And, and he sets up this whole system. Uh, Pastor Greg Arthur from Doolin Community Church up, up the road in Chesterton uh, was with us in February and talked about this. This idea that God set up a system where every seven years they would forgive all debts. At least that was the intention. That's what they were supposed to do. Uh, as a part of recognizing, look, this belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me. And, and I need to be generous toward each other. And, and uh, in Deuteronomy 15, verse 7, he says, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land, the Lord your God is giving you. So, right, they're about to go into this land. God is giving this land to them. Again, a generous God. He says, If any of your fellow Israelites are poor, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. He knew our natural tendency, your natural tendency is going to be to say, no, 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 I worked for this. No, 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 I, I'm the one who planted these crops and harvested them. And, and I'm sorry you had a bad year. And I'm sorry your crops didn't grow well. And maybe you did something wrong over there. I don't know, but this is mine. He says, if, if your neighbor is in need, you don't be hard-hearted. Don't be tight-fisted. Be open-handed. Freely lend them whatever they need. And then he says, be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. <gasps> the seventh year, the year for canceling debts is near so that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. He's like, you might think, wait a minute, if I loan you this money, that, that, that seventh year is coming up next year. If you can't pay me back in time, I'm not going to get paid back, and I'm going to lose this. And so you might not want to give them, that you might not want to lend to them if you're not sure you'll get it back. And he says, no, don't do that. Don't, let, don't harbor that wicked thought. He says, if you give them nothing, he says, then they may appeal, they may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. He says it's a sin issue when we are hard-hearted, tight-fisted toward our neighbors in need. And I think it's an, it's an issue of sin because God knows if you live that kind of life, you get ugly like the Dead Sea. Something dies inside of you. Instead of letting the blessings of God flow through you to the people around you, to the needs around you, to the work that God would have you to do. So we've got to deal with that, that greedy heart that says, mine, mine. So um, that greedy heart might, might lead us to not give in the first place. And then sometimes, though, we're willing to give, but we give with a grudging heart. We've got to deal with that, too. A grudging heart or a, a grieving heart, as the pastor I was hearing it from put it that way. But um, this idea that, you know, we might, well, the next verse or a couple of verses later in Deuteronomy 15 says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. So there's like a, a, an if-then kind of a thing, right? If you do this, then God will bless you. If you give generously without a grudging heart, then God will bless you so that you can then, you know, continue to bless others. So we got to watch out for having that grudging heart. And maybe you've had this, right? You, you've, you're willing to give, but uh, I don't really want to, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, I'd rather not. Um, but okay, if I have to, I'll give, right? Uh, again, that, that verse from 2 Corinthians says, oh, we don't, we don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. That's not what God's after. He wants our hearts to be open, to be generous. But sometimes, you know, that's, that's the reality. We find ourselves being like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this, but okay, God, you say to, so I guess I will. And uh, sometimes we, uh, have you ever been in a setting where people say, well, we all just have to give our fair share, 
right? If we all just participate, if we all give our fair share, then, you know, we'll be able to meet this goal or whatever this is. And, and I suppose there's nothing wrong with that. It's good that we all kind of pull together if you're on a team or in a church or something like that. But I think the mindset behind that is like, you know what, giving really stinks. None of us wants to have to do this, but let's, let's just spread the pain out evenly across all of us, right? And if we all give our fair share, then we'll all just suffer a little instead of some people having to suffer a lot and we'll, we'll be able to, you know, pay this bill or whatever it might be. And, uh, yeah, the, the thought behind that is, well, wait, that's still looking at it, like, grudgingly. Like, I don't want to have to give, but I guess I'll give my fair share. Um, oh, dang. You know what that's making me think of is... Uh, you know, eating out and everybody pitching in and making sure that you all cover the bill. And I, I forgot to grab cash today. I'm going to need, I'm going to need cash after this. I'm going to have to stop and get some. Oh, well. Um, sorry about that. What's that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll have to stop somewhere. What are you doing, John? Well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. 20 bucks, man. That, I appreciate that. That ought to cover it. Um, wow. That's very generous of you. Um, okay, just to let you know, I, we set that up, okay? I gave, I gave that 20 bucks to John earlier, and so he was happy to give it back to me, right? Do you think, do you think John was grudgingly giving that 20 bucks to me right then? Um, no, I don't think so, anyway. No, it's because it wasn't his money, right? It was my $20. I gave it to him and said, hey, can you help me out later? I'm going to say I forgot some cash, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, so thank you for helping, John. I appreciate that. Um, I think that's kind of what goes on with God, right? I mean, if God says, look, I want you to give some of what I've blessed you with to that person, or I want, to give, I want you to give part of what I've blessed you with to that, to that church or to this ministry or to this thing that you're, you know, if God directs us, if we have an opportunity to do something good with the money that God has blessed us with, why would we be grudging about it? It's like, well, because we forget that it's God's money, Right? We think it's ours. It's like, no, no, I'm holding on to this. I suppose John could have done that. I could have gotten to that part of the service, and John could have just sat there and like, (laughs) you know, like, I forgot my cash. I forgot to, you know, you know. He could have have just done kept it, right, you know. Um, Do we do that? you know, with God's resources, you know, he, he blesses us elsewhere in Deuteronomy. I forgot to put this one in there and didn't have room for it, but where God talks about, you know, Hey, be careful when you guys move into this land, I'm giving you, you're going to, you're going to work. You're going to, you're going to plant things. They're going to grow. It's an, it's a, it's a blessed land. You're going to have an abundant harvest. You're going to do well. And you're going to think, Hey, my strength, work of my hands. I did this for myself. And you forget that it's God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You forget that all this came from God. If we forget, that's when we tend to have this, this grudging heart that says, okay, I'll give, but I guess I won't, I won't want to. You know, I don't, don't want to, but I guess I will if I have to. That's because we're, we're thinking it's ours and forgetting, oh, this is, this is all God's. He's blessed me with this, and so I'll, I'll bless others with, with a portion of it, right? Now, I understand that this is not always, this is something, these are not things that you just kind of get past necessarily, Right? You know, you might always, for the rest of your life, have to deal with little greedy impulses. You might always, for the rest of your life, have to deal with little moments of, like, you know, kind of begrudgingly, you know, being like, oh, man, do I have to? And in those moments, we ask God, God, can you please, can you help my heart? My heart is feeling a little grudging about this. And, and God will, you know, graciously help us, right? But I think one of those things that sometimes hits us is, you know, we, maybe you look back at how much you gave. You know, you get to the, getting to the end of the year, and you're kind of, maybe you're pulling your stuff together for taxes or something, or you're getting tax donation receipts. You'll get one from the church sometime in January saying, here's how much you gave to the church, so you can put that on your taxes or whatever you need to do. And, um, 
Sometimes you get that and you're like, man, did I really give that much? Holy cow. What, what I could have done with that money, right? Or there's that opportunity and you, you're sitting there deciding, am I going to give this? And you think, ah, I, I could have done this with that, you know? Like there was this other thing I was hoping to do and instead I'm supposed to give to, ooh, and it, you know, those are those kinds of moments that, just to be honest, you know, that hits us sometimes, right? You know, there's a project needs done around the house or something like that. We just ripped some carpet out of a room yesterday. And, uh, and like, these floors underneath weren't, there's a reason there was carpet on this part of the, you know, on the floor, you know. Um, it's going to cost some money to, to fix that up, right? Um, well, you know, sometimes you look at that and you think, this money I was going to give to the church or to Habitat or to whatever, um, Mm, I could have used that for those floors, or ooh, I could have used that to get that bigger TV, or ooh, I could have used that in that Black Friday sale, you know, whatever. And that can lead us struggling with that grudging, grudging heart. So that's something we have to deal with, with God's help. If we want to live a blessed life where we're, where we're able to give freely and generously, and that's, that's what we want to develop. You know, that, that third heart issue, we've got to deal with a greedy heart and a grudging heart. We want to develop a generous heart. Uh, there in Deuteronomy 4, chapter 15, verse 14, God says, supply them liberally from your flock, your threshing floor, your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. He's saying, God has blessed you. And again, if there's been an inflow of God's blessings, there can be an outflow then of blessing to others. Right? And it's a good thing to be able to, it's like a funnel, right? Where God funnels his blessings through you. And sometimes, right, there are times in your life where you just have nothing extra to give. Like legitimately. It's not that you blew it all on, you know, stupid stuff, right? Is that you just legitimately, you've lost a job or you don't have income for whatever reason. And it's like, yeah, oh, I look forward to being generous. And you find ways to be generous. Some of the most generous people in our church, I've seen some of the moments of generosity that have touched me most have been folks on like a fixed income or who have almost nothing. And then I see them give away what someone has given to them. Or I see them, you know, like, oh, you know what? I don't really need this. I'm okay. Here, you need this more. And they, you know, they pass along something to someone else. It's a, but it's a good thing then once God, once, once God has gotten you through that season and you're in that season, we're like, nope, now I've got income. Now I've got blessings. It's tempting for us just to, you know, let that all stop with us. But if we can develop a generous heart that gives to others as the Lord our God has blessed us, where we supply liberally, generously from our flocks, our threshing floors, our wine presses. This is like the, the herds, the animals, the threshing floor would be like the, the agriculture, like the plants and the wine press, you know, the, like the luxuries. It's like just supply them liberally. Give them what they, not just what they need, but like maybe give them some of what they want, right, from the wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. Let God's grace, God's goodness, God's generosity flow through you. <laughs> like that's, I want to be a funnel, right? I want to I let God's, God's blessings flow through me. Jesus addressed this in Luke chapter 6 in a way that's uh, ooh, kind of uh, scary a little bit, where he says, Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now that do to others as you'd have them do to you kind of goes back to that idea, like, right, if I'm, I'm going to give generously because I want other people to give generously back to me, right? I'm going to be gracious and forgive others because I want people to be gracious and forgive me. Oh, I forgot to say, <laughs> when, I was, when I was reading that verse earlier, I forgot, I got to write myself a note so I don't forget in the 1030 service, that uh, what you do for others comes back to you. When I was preparing the message, I started thinking about all the political ads and the things that have been filling my mailbox and the, the things that we see on TV and, and all that about each other, right? That's, it can get pretty ugly sometimes. What we put out there in the world 
sometimes be pretty ugly, and we shouldn't be surprised when that ugliness gets directed back at us. You know, one candidate says, I'm going I'm to run a clean campaign, and then their opponent starts slinging mud, and like, well, I was going to run a clean campaign, but now I got some mud I got to throw back at them, you know, and, and things just get, get ugly sometimes. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned, we don't watch a whole lot of, like, actual TV, and we don't have, like, cable or satellite or any of that kind of stuff, but occasionally our kids watch things on channels that have ads, like the streaming services. Some of them, you know, were too cheap to spring for the one without ads, and so some of them have ads on them, or, you know, it's YouTube or whatever, and, and it was a funny day when we heard our boys in the other room saying, thanks, Frank, along with a, <laughs> along with a political ad that they had seen enough times that they knew what was coming, you know, um, yeah, so sometimes, but we as Christians, as followers of Christ, are the ones who have the opportunity to change that, right? So other people, we don't just give back to others what they've been giving to us. Jesus doesn't say, do to others as they have done to you. He says, do to others as you would have them do to you. And so if other people are being unkind, and we wish they wouldn't, we wish they'd be kinder, we behave in kind ways toward them. So that perhaps we can change the, the tone, change the culture, change the atmosphere, of that relationship, right? Other people being disrespectful, we are the ones who go that extra mile to be respectful in the hopes that we can kind of change the tone of the conversation and, and see some respect being returned in the other direction. Do to others as you would have them do to you. We call it the golden rule that Jesus gave us there. And he leads into it talking about being generous toward others, giving to everyone who asks you. That's the, that's the yikes part of that whole thing, you know, because there's a lot of requests out there, and you do have to use wisdom, and you do have to ask God, okay, God, what would you have me do? Because you've, you've blessed me, but you haven't blessed me that much. <laughs> so, so you've blessed me. I've got a certain amount that you've blessed me that I feel like you would have. Do you want me to give to this need, or do you want me to give to that need? You know, you're going to get a lot of end-of-year appeals in the mail from different organizations, and you have to decide, you know, who am I giving to, and, and how much, and you know, here's a person that's got their hand out or they've got a cardboard sign or whatever it might be as a person in need. What do I, what do I give? I'm, I'm trying to find ways to make sure that I, I can give something to everyone who asks, even if it's not as much as they'd like or as often as they'd like. I'm, I'm trying to develop the generous heart that looks like Jesus um, so that I can be doing to others as I would have them do to me. He, he wants us to have a generous heart. This is all a matter of the heart. That, and that generosity flows out of, out of gratitude. You know, we, we love because he first loved us, the Bible says, in another place. You know, we are generous toward others because God has blessed us. And that's that fourth one. We need to develop a grateful heart. That's why I love talking about this topic at this time of year, because we're headed toward Thanksgiving, right? We're headed toward that time of year where the, the whole theme, if you haven't already skipped toward Christmas, the whole theme is, you know, about gratitude, is about being thankful for the blessings that you've received. And when we are grateful for what God has given us, it is so much easier for us then to want to share that with others. That's why as in Deuteronomy 15, uh, as he gets to the end of this passage right here, he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. This command he's been giving about being generous toward those in need, about not being tight-fisted, about making sure that you share liberally from, from all that you've got um, he says, I'm giving you this command because you were slaves, and I set you free. You know, God isn't just a big rule giver in the sky, saying, hey, you better give, you better give this much, you better do, you know, hey, do this, don't do this. No, God is the, is the, the liberator. He is the savior, right? He is the one who saves us from sin, who sets us free from those things that have bound us. 
And so he tells them, you need to remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. He brought you out of that. So don't go back to a life of slavery where you're enslaved to greed or to selfishness or anything. He's like, no, God has set you free. So now out of gratitude toward God, we can obey this command. We can, we can give generously without a grudging heart. Psalm 103, um, the second verse of it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because we have a tendency to forget, and sometimes we just need to remind ourselves. You know, and that's, that psalm goes on to list a lot of the benefits that God has, has given, a lot of the good things that God has done for us, about he's re- how he's redeemed us and saved us and he's provided for us and all that he's done, including, you know, they're looking back at how God has set them free from slavery in Egypt. Praise the Lord, O my soul. You know, me, hey, you in there. Don't, don't forget what God has done for you. And so if, if you've been struggling in this area, you know, to, to have a heart that is open toward others, to have a heart that lets the blessings of God flow through you to others, maybe you want to start with this developing a grateful heart bit. Maybe you want to spend some time reflecting on all that God has provided for you so that out of a grateful heart, you can find yourself being generous, as generous as God wants you to be, as generous as you want to be. You can find yourself moving into that, that blessed zone Right, where the blessings of God, where God knows I can entrust these blessings to you because you're not going to keep them for yourself. Yes, you're going to enjoy it. And we'll, we'll talk these next couple of weeks about some of how that works. You know, yes, you're going to enjoy part of this and provide for your family and all this. But, but if I bless you, you are, you're not going to keep it all for yourself. You're going to bless others in turn. So maybe, maybe we need to start by just reflecting on all that God has done for us, all that he's provided for us so that we can have a grateful heart. Some of you do this thing. I've seen some of you on Facebook already. Like, month of November, you start doing, like, a grateful post every day on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, wherever you do that stuff, right? And I, I've been seeing it on Facebook some. People are like, oh, it's day five. That would have been yesterday. Yeah, I've seen, today, I'm sure I'll see some grateful posts day six. And people are just sharing things they're thankful for every day of the month of November up till, up till Thanksgiving. That's not a bad practice to cultivate. Or maybe you just need to pause Maybe when we pray here in just a moment before we celebrate communion, or maybe as we celebrate communion, you're giving thanks to God for his rich love that he's given in Jesus Christ. And maybe you can just say, God, would you remind me of the other blessings that you've given me? Thank you, God, for this. And thank you, God, for this. And thank you, God, for this. And see if, if, that, great, if that gratitude or that grateful heart doesn't start to, to turn you toward generosity. It really, is, it really is a heart issue. Again, there's that verse that I mentioned at the beginning from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's been on a little sign in front of that little offering box for like 10 or 15. I should probably update the sign. It's like an older translation even at this point. Um, uh, at some point, I need to print out a new piece of paper and shove it in there. But it's been in front of that little offering box for, well, longer than that's been our offering box. It was in front of a different box before. But that little verse has been there for years. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You, you don't give because some pastor stood up and made you feel guilty about not giving. You don't, you don't give because someone twisted your arm and said, well, if you, you know, you really got to do this or, or else. You, you let God change your heart, and you, you cooperate with God and let his blessings flow through you. And then the next verse, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good God really loves to bless people who know that we are blessed to be a blessing. And, uh, and I thank you that you guys demonstrate this so well uh, here in this church. You guys do an excellent job of this. I hope that we all will continue to grow 
in this grace of giving uh, that God uh, allows us to be a part of. Because I want all of us to experience this, this blessed life. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for being so good to us. Man, uh, we would have trouble making a list long enough if we, if we tried to list all the ways that you have been good to us and blessed us and been kind to us and patient with us. And God, We could go on and on, God. Thank you for the ways you have blessed us. Even in those times where we felt like we were at our lowest, where we didn't have anything, God, even there you found ways to bless us, to provide for us, to strengthen us, to help us to not quit, to not give up, but to keep putting one foot in front of the other until we get past that point, until we get through that valley. God, thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for your patience, for your grace, for your love. And thank you, God, that we get to experience the joy, the blessing that comes from, from allowing your blessings to flow through us toward others. Help us, God, to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit so that we don't miss those opportunities when you give them to us, so that we don't cruise right on by and, and, and miss chances for, for us to be to experience the blessing of giving. Thank you, God. Thank you for your rich generosity toward us, that you loved us so much that you gave your son. But we celebrate this generosity in the sacrament of Holy Communion. We give to you these simple gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. Remembering that Jesus you know, gathered with his disciples and he, he gave them the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. He gave them the cup and said, drink this. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Thank you, God, that today we get to join together with Christians around the world in celebrating your great love that you've shown us in Jesus Christ, your grace that is greater than our sin. Jesus, thank you for taking our sin on yourself and dying our death so that by your death and resurrection, you could break the power of sin and death and set us free. You are so good to us, God. You are so good. Help us not to, not to live in, a, in slavery to selfishness or greed or whatever sin it might be that gets its, its claws into us. But God, help us to live in the freedom that you have purchased for us with the blood of your dear son, Jesus Christ. Help our hearts to be filled with the same generous love that you have toward us that was demonstrated so clearly, Jesus, in, in your gift of your life for us. We offer you ourselves, God. I mean, it's, it's all that we have to give back to you is, is us. So God, we offer you ourselves and we pray that by your Spirit's work in our hearts, in our lives, that, that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, as, as your set free sons and daughters. Thank you, God. Thank you for being so rich in your blessings toward us. Help, help us to allow your blessings, your grace, your love to flow through us to the people around us. God, we are so grateful that when we confess our sins to you, and we do, we admit we've not always loved you with our whole heart, not always loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have failed at this generosity thing time and time again. God, you, you promise us that when we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, God, for being so rich in kindness and mercy toward us so that we can be rich in kindness and mercy toward others.
Thank you, God. We celebrate your love today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Would you pray with me the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, I've asked uh, Pastor Judy if she would uh, be so kind as to serve us the elements today as uh, the musicians are going to be leading us in one last song. Uh, As we sing, um, we can all come forward. I'll be joining you. We can come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it, and then return to our seats. I told me to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. And uh, we've got the regular little pita bread and the little gluten-free wafers and the little individual cups if you need one of those. Or, or if, you, if you can't make it up, uh, up here and you just need to, to celebrate there at your table, we've got the little cups on the tables. And you can peel it back and get to the bread and get to the juice as we celebrate. So let's give thanks to God for the, the great love he has shown us in Jesus Christ. Let's celebrate. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. 
Thank you, God. Thank you for the truth of your love for us that we see demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Help us to listen to your voice as you lead us through this life, as you lead us to opportunities to share your love and your grace and your blessings with the people around us. Thank you, God. Fill us with the spirit of Christ today so that we might live as the body of Christ here in the world. Mm. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.